Welcome to NEP On Location. Here we hit the road and have conversations with some of the brightest minds from the worlds of public safety, organized labor, communications, politics, and more. In this episode, Mark Treglio is on location at the IAFF 10th District PEP event in San Francisco and has a conversation with Mitch DeAnda, Program Director of the Firefighter Candidate Testing Center, known as the FCTC, and Jeanette Placentia, Recruitment Director of CALJAC, the California Firefighter Joint Apprenticeship Committee. Both the FCTC and CALJAC are organizations that are supported by California professional firefighters. Mitch and Jeanette talk with Mark about some of the processes that candidates need to go through to get hired as firefighters and EMS providers, the current recruitment environment the fire service is going through, and some success stories that their very unique programs have had overcoming these challenges. Greetings, everybody. Once again, welcome back to another episode of NEP On Location. Mark Treglio is here, uh, Executive Vice President of NEP Services, and we're going to talk recruitment today. Uh, recruitment for firefighters across the board, across the nation, has been rough, and we have with us uh, from the FCTC, uh, run by California professional firefighters out here, I have Mitch DeAnda, and from CalJack, Jeanette Placencia. So greetings, welcome. And uh, we're going to start with you, Mitch. So tell us a little about FCTC, where it got its start, and, and the recruitment issues you're facing in California. Yeah, so um, Jeanette, as she mentioned, works for the CalJack, that's the uh, California Firefighter Apprenticeship Program. Um, so FCTC is owned and operated by the apprenticeship program. Um, and w- the Jack started offering CPAT testing back in 2003. Um, and after doing that for over a decade, we had departments asking us, well, why don't you do a written test for us as well? And so that's kind of how FCTC was born. Um, we put together a committee of subject matter experts, came up with our entry-level written test, um, so now FCTC takes candidates that pass the CPAT, the physical ability test, pass the written test, and we put them on the statewide eligibility list and provide that to now 160 fire departments in California. So um, this is kind of our way of trying to um, address the recruitment issues in the state, make it easier for departments to find people. Um, the the way the idea behind the list is essentially, you know, you have a department with five openings, they get 200 applicants for that. Well, now those 195 candidates that didn't get the job now have an opportunity with, you know, 160 other agencies. Um, and so this model has worked to a degree. Um, in terms of challenges that we're finding, a lot of the time it comes down to paramedics. This is the, the issue is everyone is trying to hire paramedics right now and there are not enough of them out there. Um, and so this is, that's the biggest, I think, challenge that we're running into, um, these days in terms of meeting departments needs for new people. I, I think Cal, Cal, California professional firefighters have really taken the lead on this. I, I don't see a program like this anywhere in the country. So I bring in Jeanette now and talk about the apprenticeship program and how does that work? Yeah, so the California Firefighter Joint Apprenticeship Program. So part of what we do is really try to develop pipelines 
to the fire service. And we're really, while there is a recruitment issue, we're really thinking about the recruitment issue of underrepresented communities as well. So we're thinking about black women, black communities, Latinx, Asian, women in general. And so that's something that's that's really a priority um, in trying to ensure that the firefighters are reflecting the society that they are serving. How does somebody get into the apprenticeship program? So we actually have a pre-apprenticeship program. So we have EMT academies, and we now have started a paramedic academy. And so those academies are essentially uh, preparing someone to have an EMT certificate, or if they're in the paramedic program, a a paramedic certificate, um, but really preparing them to be ready to be hired by a fire department. Um, And so then once they're in the fire department, that's when they can be an apprentice for uh, CalJAC. So when that happens in that regard, how long are the EMT and paramedic programs? So the EMT program is six months, and actually we have one coming up in Livermore. Um, so it'll be starting in January 10th. Um, really excited about that. Um, and the paramedic program is going to be roughly around like nine months, nine to ten months. Um, so that includes like the program and clinical, so that's just a little bit longer. Um, I think Mitch wants to clarify something about the apprenticeship because I'm actually very not as familiar mm-hmm. about the apprenticeship. Yeah, I was just going to chime in that um, that's kind of where FCTC comes in because you're, you can't become an apprentice until you're hired and on the job. Um, and so the FCTC is really the pre-employment arm of the apprenticeship program. So, you know, that's why Jeanette and I work together very closely um, on recruitment um, because, you know, it's all interconnected with testing, recruitment. Um, so we're trying to get candidates through the door to take our tests, help, um, you know, we have different prep resources to try to, to help candidates be able to improve, you know, have success in the process, um, and then, you know, hopefully get them hired. So let, let's take a moment here for somebody who is not, uh, they don't have a firefighter in their family, or they're really new to this, they're coming out of high school. How do they start the process? Obviously, it starts with you, then it goes to the CalJAC, and then eventually to a job. Is that correct? And what are the, I mean, you could do a little more detail than I am on that, but that is that pretty much the process? Pretty much, yeah. And that is a perfect question, so I appreciate that. The process starts at fctconline.org. If you're in California, that's where the process starts. Um, as I mentioned, 160 fire departments and counting that utilize this program. So if you're a candidate and you're trying to get a job, um, you'll be hard pressed to find a, a better route to open up more doors for you. Um, you know, you take one, one physical agility test, one written test, and now you potentially could get hired by, you know, 160 agencies. So that's, that's the first step to becoming. And uh, you go on our website, create a profile, you can put in your education history, work history, um, all that information gets sent to departments when they are looking to hire folks. Um, so that's kind of where the process begins. And then hopefully you do get hired and become an apprentice. Um, that's, that's why we care about what we do. We're not a traditional testing vendor. Um, profit is not our bottom line at FCTC. We're doing this because we want to get the best candidates so that we have the best apprentices that are going to be in our program. And I, and I think it comes to a, a, a point here where we talk about the candidates in the field. For How many candidates do you have on a typical on a typical day on the list? And how does that compare to several years ago, pre-COVID, 
now we're coming out of COVID. How does the the list look? Are, are we having problems, obviously, finding people who want to be firefighters these days? I think that pre-pandemic to now, actually, we've rebounded for the most part. Um, our list uh, ebbs and flows. You know, the, the numbers change day to day based on new candidates meeting the requirements. Others have their qualifications expire. But generally, we hover around 4,000 names on our statewide eligibility list. Um, most of those are EMTs. Um, of those, generally, um, maybe five to 800 of them are paramedics. That kind of harkens back to what I was talking about before with the, the issue of, of hiring paramedics. Yeah, so generally around 4,000 candidates are on the list. Um, but what I will say is that even though we've, we've kind of rebounded back to our pre-pandemic levels, if you look at maybe five to 10 years ago, the numbers of applicants were much higher. Uh, we are seeing, you know, I don't want to paint too, with too broad of a brush, but it does seem like there just aren't as many people that are like clamoring to become firefighters like there once was, you know. Departments used to be able to fly an announcement and have people lined up around the block to apply. Um, and it just isn't that way anymore. I think part of it's generational. Um, as I've learned from Jeanette and the time we've worked together, um, this generation really, uh, you need direct contact. You need to like court them <laughs> to get them through the door. It's, uh, and again, in the past, it wasn't that way. People, people were, were fighting to, to, to get into this job. There was tons of interest and it's just, that's shifting a little bit these days. So let's get into that. How are some of the different ways people can, can say maybe they, they, they don't have the money to, to go through the FTC and, and, and the CalJAC programs? Are there grants and financial funding available? Yes. Yeah, so uh, through our partnership with the California Fire Foundation, a nonprofit um, here in California, we're able to offer financial aid awards to candidates that have financial difficulties. So there's numerous ways that they can uh, qualify for these um, for these financial aid awards, and they cover the entire testing process. Uh, that includes prep classes, practice CPATs, the test itself. Um, so there, we don't want anybody to be priced out of you know becoming a firefighter and being able to participate in this awesome profession. For the EMT and the paramedic academy, they're actually completely free. So there is no cost associated with any of the academies. Uh, CalJAC received a, a grant through California, the state of California, and so the EMT, the academies are completely free. I also wanted to make note for CalJAC, we actually, so we work with people who are interested in going into the fire, fire service profession. We also work with fire departments because we understand that in order to build these pipelines, we have to work with fire departments and support them in trying to build the pipelines to the communities that they're trying to work with. So we work with almost 200 fire departments. Um, and each fire department has their own unique set of issues. Um, sometimes, you know, they're in a city. Sometimes they're in a small town. 
Um, and so we really try to work with the fire departments in, in supporting their recruitment efforts um, and ensuring that, again, that we're, we're thinking about representation. So while um, people, there may not be as many people who um, are seemingly, go, you know, trying to apply to be firefighters, uh, we've always had an issue with underrepresented people not going into the fire service. And so that's something that's very important. As, as we talk about the services that FCTC and Calcheck offer, what is it not? It's not a free pass to a fire department. <clears throat> it's not a free pass to a fire department. They, what does the candidate still have to do to be on the job? They still have to go through an interview. They still have to you know, not have a record or anything like that. What are some of the things that is on the responsibility of the candidate itself? You do a lot of great work and you open up a lot of doors, but... One thing we don't want is people signing up and coming in and just thinking that, okay, well, I signed the paperwork, give me my job. What is their, what is their responsibility that they bring to the table to make this successful? Yeah, so again, like you mentioned, I mean, we, we try to give them the tools, you know, to, to, get, to have these opportunities, but they still have to put in the, the legwork. Um, so candidates have to apply directly to any department that they want to work for, you know, taking the FCTC test, being on our list, it's basically just a pre-qualifier. It's a minimum qualification, but you still got to apply with your individual department. You got to comply with all of their other minimum requirements, you know, background checks, all of those kind of things, you know, clean up your social media page probably before you start applying. Um, but, you know, as far as what we do is we work with the agency to just verify, yes, this candidate met these minimum qualifications. Um, but the candidate has to apply. They have to, to go through their process, interview. You know, as as you well know, uh, it is a elaborate process to become a firefighter. Um, of all the professions that I've been exposed to, it's definitely an arduous process to, to get hired on with a with a fire department. So um, they still got to do all that that piece on their own. So I just wanted to add on to what Mitch is saying. So I think part of it is that we're trying to demystify the process of becoming a, a firefighter because, you know, it, it seems like uh, people that go into the profession is because they knew someone. So for people who don't know anyone, you know, it is a very complicated process. It is a long process. So how can we, you know, people still have to go through the process, but how can we support people in going through the process and demystifying those different, those different steps? Now let's talk, let's talk about that process. So we talked about some of the services you offered earlier. So first off, you go to your website. I'll let you plug the website. FCTConline.org. And then you have to fill out your, your parameters on there and everything. What do they need in advance? What do people need in advance to submit to FCTC to start the process and get on the list? Um, so the, the minimum requirements to be on the list are passing the CPAT passing the FCTC written test, um, which that's a 70% is required to pass. You need to be 18 years old. You need to upload a valid driver's license and you need to have a high school diploma or equivalent. Those are the minimum qualifications. That being said, we also allow candidates to upload um, EMT certifications, paramedic licenses, and firefighter one certifications. Um, we highly encourage candidates to do that because uh, a lot of agencies are going to require one or more of those things to, to be considered in their process. Um, so really what candidates need to do is just 
put as much information in their profile as they can. Uh, they'll be prompted to do so. Upload as much of that documentation as possible because it's just more information for departments uh, to see and to set those candidates apart from, from others. Okay, and you mentioned for those who are listening and uh, don't have an end to the process, explain the CPAT test, can you? Yeah, so the CPAT stands for the Candidate Physical Ability Test. Um, this was developed by the International Association of Firefighters, the International Association of Fire Chiefs, uh, jointly developed this test uh, many years ago now, um, and it's been validated as uh, related to the job. So the test involves eight distinct different events, as we call them. The first is the stair climb, where um, throughout the test, candidates wear a weighted vest, and they get a little bit of extra weight for the stair climb to simulate um, uh, walking up a high-rise um, you know, stairs with a hose bundle. Then they go from there to the second event, which is the hose drag. So they have to grab a hose, they run around a barrel and have to uh, like reel in the hose, um, you know, pull it so that it passes a certain mark. Um, it's the only portion of the test where they can run. The third event is the equipment carry. So um, again, everything is designed to simulate on-the-job activities. So um, there are two chainsaws that are at uh, the appropriate height simulated from, from a rig. And you, you pick those up, walk around another barrel, and then return them up um, onto the, the simulated rig. From there, we've got the ladder raise um, and extension. So there are two different ladders. One, you have to, uh, a ladder's on the ground, and they raise it in like a hand-over-hand fashion uh, from one rung to the next to lift the ladder up against the wall. And then they take a step to the right, and there's a, uh, a ladder that is raised via the uh, rope halyard, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm. um, and so, that, again, in a hand-over-hand -hand fashion, they have to raise that until it, it hits um, you know, a certain limit. And then they have to, in a controlled manner, lower it back down. From there, they go to the next event is the forcible entry. So we have a, uh, a fancy machine that is calibrated so that um, you know the uh, the pressure required to uh, set off the the buzzer and complete the event is the same for every candidate. They take a sledgehammer and they whack that target as hard as they can, um, and however many hits it takes, um, once that buzzer sounds, they move on to the next event, which is the maze. So it's uh, it, it's not a, an elaborate maze. It's, you know, it, it, a U-shaped thing, but you have to get down on your hands and knees, crawl through. It's pitch black inside of there, um, and the, the contours inside there are, you know, unpredictable, I would say. Um, so you have to be able to kind of feel your way around, you know, can't be really claustrophobic or anything like that. So you kind of feel your way through that maze, come out on the other side, and then you've got the dummy drag. So we have a, uh, a weighted uh, mannequin, essentially a dummy, that um, you have to drag around another barrel and back to the starting point. This is one of the toughest parts for candidates because you normally are pretty tired by that point and uh, 
you know, my, uh, my advice on that is try to get it up high so you reduce the friction. Um, but, you know, that's obviously stimulating rescuing someone from, mm-hmm. from a fire. Um, and then the very last event is the ceiling breach and pull. And they have a pike pole. And there's uh, basically two different contraptions where one where you're pushing a weight up um, using the pike pole to, uh, you know, I guess, well, it's for breaching a ceiling, you know. Um, and so there's there's a push mechanism and a pull. And so you have to do a few sets on each of those. And if you do all of that in 10 minutes and 20 seconds, then you pass the test. So pass or fail, so there's no... Um, we don't give departments the times, anything like that. It's just pass or fail. Good. And one thing you mentioned before we talked about the CPAT was the submission of EMT certificates, paramedic certif- certification. So if somebody already has that, they could submit that and it's kept on file. I want to get into if somebody is from out of state, do they have the opportunity to participate in the FCTC or do they have to follow a different process? do their certifications? How does that translate into California standards? So um, as far as those certifications, um, if, we, if we can verify them on uh, the NREMT website, then, you know, then they're, they're good. They're verified. Um, Firefighter 1 is a little different because that's specific to California. Um, and, and so at this time, we only verify the state Firefighter 1 um, certs. But, um, you know, as far as your EMT and paramedic licenses, we can still verify those. Um, we don't currently offer any of our testing online. Um, it's, there's issues with security, and um, th- that's something we take really seriously with our tests. Um, so at this time, if you're from out of state, you would have to travel over here to California um, to take these tests. Most departments, your CPAT is valid for a year. Some departments, are it's longer. Um, so, you know, hopefully you're not having to come out here that often. But, um, you know, if you're applying here, then you're, you're going to have to be here eventually. So. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to flip this back over to Jeanette and uh, provide some additional resources that CalJack has that people can call upon to pursue their career. So at CalJack, we have the Women's Commission, and essentially the Women's Commission is comprised of of women firefighters, um, and the whole intention is around developing strategies to to support women who are going into the fire service. So there's some programs and events, there's meet and greets. Uh, The Women's Commission also has a mentorship component, so... If there is a, a woman who is interested in going to the fire service um, but just needs some additional mentorship, they can be paired with uh, a, a mentor to help them through the process. So I think that that's a really important, especially given the number of women that there are in the fire service, um, we understand that mentorship is, is a, a crucial component. And how does somebody access all of those? Email, website? Yeah, so caljack.org, that's where you can find all the information for like the Women's Commission, the academies, all the information is there. That's C-A-L-J-A-C.org. And and how about a phone number? Yeah, it's at 916-648-1717. All right, excellent. And Mitch, I'm going to throw it back to you. Uh, FCTC, how does somebody get involved? You drop the website again, email addresses, numbers, go right ahead. Yeah, um, so you can actually call the the very same phone number and they'll connect you with us. That number is 
648-1717. Everything, again, starts at fctconline.org. And then via email, fctc at cpfcharliepaulfrank.org. And that's how you can reach us via email. Um, I encourage anyone listening, whether you work for a department or you're interested in becoming a firefighter, please reach out to us. Um, Jeanette, myself, our whole team, we're really invested in trying to help candidates be successful and help departments get the people that they need. Well, best of luck to you moving forward. I hope you get all the candidates you need. Thank you very much for joining. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to NEP On Location and Mark Treglio's conversation with Mitch DeAnda and Jeanette Placencia. Remember to subscribe to NEP On Location wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And you can reach us at nep.news at nepservices.com. And for the latest ideas and information from around the worlds of public safety, organized labor, communications, politics, and more, please visit our website at nepmedia.net.